Do you know what's fun, Clint? What's that? Watching a Georgia football game. Do That's you know what's fun. more fun? Tell me. Watching a Georgia football game again. And again, we've watched the game a few times now. We have. And um, we have some observations. We overreacted on Saturday night. But now we've had time to digest some of those thoughts, to really process what we saw on the field on Saturday. Was Georgia as bad as they looked in the second half? Was Georgia as good as they – or in the first half, was Georgia as good as they looked in the second half? Let's talk about that today on the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel. Boy, I love them. The official Locked On podcast sports book. More on them in a moment. Glad you all are here with us. We have further review. We have further review of a couple things. Yes, we've seen the Georgia game many times since Saturday. Yep. Um, We have review of that. Some initial thoughts we had on overreaction Saturday, which you can go back and listen to and mock us. And by the way, South Carolina fan, Y'all starting trying to clown us for being too confident and we didn't cover. So you came on this podcast, you yelled at us because we were too confident. Uh-huh. And then you came back and said, you're the joker because you didn't, you didn't beat the spread. Well, that's fine. Okay. Yep. You're right. I mean, I, again, I, I, I just okay. want to wish my heartfelt congratulations to Shane Beamer and his family, the entire South Carolina fan base, for winning the national championship of beating Georgia in the first half. Congratulations to you. You have done it. You have beaten Georgia in the first half. I know that Frank Beamer is proud of his son. I know that Shane Beamer has accomplished all of his goals. He will probably ride he, off into the sunset. His and vision board now. is complete. It is. Daniel. So congratulations so, to South Carolina yeah. fans. You've done it. Shane Beamer, kudos to you. Yeah. Well done. Uh, we're moving on. Okay. We're going to review Saturday for overreaction. We're going to v- revisit a few things. Uh, we're going to bring up a few other things that we learned about our fans because fans, we learned some things about yourself it's like looking into a mirror overreaction saturday is like looking into a mirror it is and sometimes when you look at the mirror you say to yourself you need more sleep we need to make some changes i am not pleased with this i need to make some changes i'm Mm going to look deep into a candle and ask you to do that uh but daniel let's start here overreaction happened on saturday we came in said bobo was not as bad as people are making it carson beck is fine this defense stood the test in the second half we were very pleased. I came out and said that I think the second half gave me more confidence in this team. Yeah. I am I am more sold out for this team running. And many of you are not many of you are saying we can't even we're not a playoff team. I beg to differ. That second half showed me that we are the best team still in all of college football. Now we're going to put it together for a whole game in the coming weeks. Daniel, what what feels what thoughts do you have upon further review and watching the game again and again and again? First of all, not really a time to digest this fully, but please someone who is the best team in college football then? 
I submit to you all of college football. Now you tell me who the best team in all of college football is. But see, this is the problem, Danny, because we're so used to the top four teams being the top four teams, and they're on a collision course for the college football playoff, and that's all that it is. And this is what I've been told, preseason numbers mean everything, and rankings and projections. See, the reality is, is that to make it into the playoff, you have to beat the teams on your schedule. There's something you use some oh. stuff. You, and there, listen, there's there's 10, 12 teams that could make it into the college football playoff, I think, legitimately this year. Is Georgia a lock for the playoff? No, they're not. No, they're not, no team is ever a lock for the playoff. Um, but Georgia is certainly one of those teams that's good enough to, to make their way into the playoff. Let me start here. And I hate to start negative town, but I have, I have fewer things things to say about this and so i'm just going to kind of get it out of the way early and then i have some thoughts on the offensive side of the ball which maybe we'll get to in the second segment but let me start here we mentioned it casually on saturday but it deserves it deserves a whole moment to breathe i never thought i would see the day that i've watched now a dozen different times jamon dumas johnson adamantly refused to tackle a man who was running down the field and was his response just sort of gave him a little chicken wing and like watched him fall down like he wasn't sliding he wasn't just i have no idea still what i was looking at but you combine that with the fact that spencer rattler who is not even Stetson Bennett in terms of mobility. Like he is certainly not, you know, a caliber of Alabama's starting quarter. I'm no, I'm sorry. Alabama's former starting quarterback. Um, Try again. You'd have to, you'd have to specify. There's now multiple. He's not Jalen Milrow. Okay. So thank you. you. I should have said this. He's not as good as he's not as mobile as Alabama's best quarterback by a mile that they refuse to play. Um, He's average. He he's got some uh, average elusiveness. He squares up JDJ in a hole and absolutely puts his foot in the ground and makes him look like a fool. It, the performance from ten specifically, I don't know whether to be concerned about it, confused by it, angry about it, sad about yes. it. How should I feel, Clint? So I went back and I was very very specific on two fronts, looking. For some for some anecdotal evidence, I needed some some data points, offensive line and inside linebackers. These are the two areas that I went to immediately. And Daniel, I'm here to tell you, you should be confused by the linebacker play. I'm so confused by the the absolute hatred of good things. I have never seen people hate good things since since Florida hired Sunbelt Billy and claimed him as the goat, that when I saw JDJ decidedly work against his own team. And I'm confused by it because we've commented that he is cerebral, he is smart, he is a leader, and he is a sure tackler. These are the things that we love about him. And he had no skill, no thought, no follow-through, no form, that was that was the weirdest confusing play I have seen out of Pop in a very long time. Two plays almost back to back on the heels of each other, and yeah, you just don't 
it just makes you realize you haven't been calling Ten's number very often this season. You haven't seen him involved on the as many plays as you're typically used to seeing him involved on. You're seeing a guy like Tyke Smith, for example, seems to be at the bottom of every pile. Every pile. Smile Mondin really flashed again Smile on Saturday. Mondin showed. He yes. seems he seems to be getting back to form after coming back from injury. You saw a little bit from him. We've talked about CJ Allen before on this podcast. Obviously, the true freshman who did not get nearly as much run, obviously, against an SEC opponent, not to be, you know, that was to be expected. We're going to see a healthy amount of CJ Allen against UAB. We've even talked about Xavier Sori, Clint, and obviously Jalen Walker, who's more of a pass rush specialist at this point, but still plays that inside linebacker position. Haven't been saying 10's number a lot. And this is supposedly the heart and soul of this defense. The defense feels at times the defense is dominating statistically. The defense is dominating in large stretches of the game. But I don't think it's unfair, and maybe we come back in the second segment and I'll let you react to this statement. I don't think Hmm. it's unfair to say the defense has looked flat at times, uninspired and flat at times this season. And um, it is a bit confusing why. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, and we will get to that and much more. I got some thoughts about Carson Beck. I got some thoughts about the offense all coming up right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Mm. Episode brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a fantastic place. If you are looking into a candle, trying to find your heart and soul, what to do next in life, Please, for the love of all that is good, make blow out make the a candle. better choice. Yeah. Make a better choice. Danny and I look into candles as a joke to try to see how we can prognosticate better. But BetterHelp is, in fact, the better place to go to find that help. Imagine that you are looking for advice on career or family or what to do in your next move. Instead of talking to your friend who has no idea, they're, they're good friends. They're bad advice, help, therapy people. Good friend. It's almost as if there are people out there for whom this is their job. See, to help people with these types of situations, if only you could find those people. One great way to find out that decision-making process is to, in fact, go to BetterHelp. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Right now, they are fantastic. Think about starting therapy. Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. BetterHelp.com slash locked on college for 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash locked on college. Okay, you said coming out of segment one that this defense looks flat. And this is, again, this, this is going to sound so bizarre. But, but two things are happening right now. And, and I'm going to react to it by saying this. I still contend this defense can be the best Kirby Smart's ever had. And here's why. We are literally, not figuratively, not in Trevor? my imagination. Tune in, Trevor. Lean by into the way, Again, Literally, my favorite thing so far on this entire podcast is we have somebody in the subtext thread named calling back to a joke that's five years old. Literally, you love to see I it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Um, We are leading statistically. If you look at the metrics, if you look at explosive plays, you look at success, if you look at expected yards uh, against 
Georgia's defense is shutting fools down. Now, again, 14 points in the first half against the best SEC quarterback. You can shove it with the LSU love. Sincerely shove it. Mississippi State is a dog doo-doo fest over there. It's bad. Correct. Okay. Spencer Rattler is going to go in the first round. He's going to go in the first round. Somebody's going to trade up. That doesn't mean he's not the best SEC quarterback currently, but he's going – I don't know if he's going to go in the first round. I agree with you that he's the best current SEC quarterback right now. I mean, other than Graham Mertz, obviously. Obviously. Don't get carried away. Gator fans love Graham Mertz. They always have. They always Always will. They never never bashed him one time. Never waffled. This defense is statistically taking people – out mm-hmm. South Carolina, a very good offense with Spencer Rattler. We thought the offensive line was going to have no uh, stop against our defense. We're going to talk about the the pass rush here in a second. Gurf, I hear you screaming into the, the your headphones right now over on Twitter and and, and such. But Gurf's the kind of guy that listens to this podcast just on full volume, no headphones, just at the on the on just the, in on the, the office. <laughs> he just got to sit in the cubicle and he just blaring that thing. That's the kind of guy Gurf is. That is the kind of guy. Um, and we're dominating fools, and we're talking about the middle linebacker who's supposed to be the heart and soul not being the heart and soul. We're talking about Javon Bullard being banged up in two and in, in combined now mm-hmm. one whole game, maybe one and a half games. We're talking about a defensive line that's still getting its field. We're talking about a corner on one half of the field that we still don't have resolution on, and the other half who is is right now very hot and cold. And we're dominating, and we have no problem doing so, and it's allowing Kirby to take chances on fourth down to change the play calling up. This defense is still giving me all the feels because we're playing absolutely poor by our standards, and yet we are dominating everybody we play. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. I only th- see it getting better, which gives me more confidence, Daniel. Yeah, I don't um... – uh, uh, there's something about the defense that's not clicking with me what, yet. It's something would, about it. What would – if you if you had – had a, had a magic marker mm-hmm. that you can go ahead and just scribble in something and make it marker is literally magic or it's just a it's just a no it's literally magical okay. it's not the brand it's not a magic marker no. it's a magical it's a marker. marker which is magical okay interesting okay uh, what you have my you, attention what would you do to change this defense um you know i do think to griff's point I think more consistent pass are specifically off the edge. And I'm just, I'm not thrilled overall. The the depth in the secondary is obviously not there. It's non-existent. I think we've seen guys, you know, we saw David Daniel lost several different times in this game. Yep. We have seen, you know, we've seen Dalen Everett just playing off coverage and just getting driven back on a stop route, you know, where he just is the receiver puts his foot in the ground and, you know, Everett is stumbling backwards for two or three steps before he has time to start to break back towards the ball. It's an easy pitch and catch. We've seen things like that. Um, Chaz Chambliss, I'll just say just for a name, just to say a name out loud. I just, I'm not pleased with what George is getting on the edge. Like, these are the best options that Georgia has on the edge. I I feel like I came into this season thinking that there were going to be better options, that there was going to be more inspired play. Now, again, you're nitpicking and you're really and 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 then I think I go to pop in the middle. Like that's 
that's the yep. that's supposed to be the 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 link of the chain that holds everything together and i think right now it's lacking a little bit i just don't see i don't see the consistency the consistent ability to dominate deep offenses the way that yeah. i think i hoped to so far this year now again early in the season dealing with injuries um and so we shall see what comes of it where do you want to go next in a conversation uh on further review when you when you look at this game saw this on twitter if i don't give you the credit i apologize but daniel people are up in their fields again mike bobo cannot do anything good for these folk I went back and watched again that drive coming out of the half for the offense. And mm-hmm. I thought it was, again, surgically designed by Todd, uh, by Mike Bobo, yep. a.k.a. Todd Munkin 2.0. Yep. Ravens are 2-0, by the way. Who, who saw that coming? Spoiler hmm. alert. Hmm. We all said that. <clears throat> if I were to ask you how many screens Bulldogs ran last year up to this point, how many would you imagine, give or take, plus or minus, the amount of screens we've ran this year up to this point? So the feels same like, data set. Feels like this year we're uh-huh. just dinking and dunking, and mm. so probably a lot more screens than we ran last year well, when we had the greatest quarterback in the history of college football at the helm. Yeah, uh, same exact number. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Huh. Isn't that funny how that oh, works? That's interesting. Now, now once Dejon Edwards and Bell – were the only running backs of note and cash getting in there for the touchdown. Uh, did we see a change in entire offense feel Daniel? I believe we same most place. certainly did. Same place, same running, same inside run as all of you are complaining. Oh, Mike Bobo only knows that inside run. Oh, Mike Bobo is Mike. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact plays with competent players, with competent players. And the product is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's much okay. better. So I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down on this defense. I'm now doubling down on Mike Bobo. Yikes. You all mm-hmm. are outside of your minds. It's spoiled is the word, I believe. that I said, that. It's I, like this. I said that last time, last yeah. on Overreaction Saturday. I'm doubling down on it. It's a, it is a, yeah, and it's never going to go away. We said it it's on the podcast before. Gonna it's go never going to go away. So just Georgia fan, I don't know if you're not one of the people that insists on blaming Mike Bobo for the fact that you got, you know, a parking ticket or, you know, that your wife left you or whatever it is that you're dealing with right now. Georgia fans are the people that when you make a point about something, a decision you're making at work, you're the you're Mm -hmm. the person that goes, "Okay, story time. I got to tell you about this one time 10 years ago at another company. I had a bad experience with the thing that you're suggesting. You're like, hey, what if we eat burgers tonight for dinner? Well, let me tell you about a burger that I once ate. Gave me one time 10 years ago. uh, Bad night. Bad night. It was uh, this burger insisted on running a draw on third and third and forever. It's just maybe at some point breathe a little bit. If you're a George fan, oxygenate the blood, you know? I do think I do think this about okay. the Georgia offense. No, I'm gonna save it. We'll get into the third Ooh, segment. Right after this. 199. Right after this, 199. We'll be back. Daniel, you like brews? I love me a nice 
cold brew on a hot day. You think fall is here, but you live in the South. It ain't here yet. Okay. Temperatures are still up. You're still going to be outside. You're at a tailgate. Mm -hmm. Listen, let me, let me ask you alcohol. Does it hydrate the body? Is that a good source of hydration? You don't understand how the body works. It does the exact opposite. Daniel. Oh, so it sucks all of the life out of your body. It's quite literally what it does. But I love a nice cold brew. But what if I could get my favorite Mm -hmm. brews in a non-alcoholic form, award-winning non-alcoholic beers from athleticbrewing.com? These these brews are are placed side by side with alcoholic beer in taste tests and win. You understand what we're trying to say? It's all of the it's all the great things that you love, an IPA. It's almost like Todd Munkin and Mike Bobo were side by side. Mm-mm. And the one that doesn't have alcohol that you're moaning and complaining about tastes better. It just, but you refuse to see that. Athleticbrewing.com will open your eyes. Um, use the code locked on for 15% off your first order. Again, these are fantastic. They are award-winning and, uh, Clint and I love them. We do. You can find athletic brew, non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. Find the customer code, use promo code locked on to get 15% off your first order. That's code locked on at checkout for 15% off athleticbrewing.com near beer exclusion and conditions apply athletic brewing company fit for all times. You tease the one ninety nine. Carson back one ninety nine. Let's talk about the old quarterback position. Love to have you here. Love that all You're of all you best. are here. Y'all the best. Y'all are the best. The best one hundred ninety nine listeners that this podcast has ever known. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, here's my observation about Carson Beck, and I think I think other people may have said similar things. Again, I'm not I'm not the only one. I'm not purporting this as like I'm the only one who thinks this way, but. Carson Beck looks like a guy. Mm-hmm. He is doing everything well as a quarterback. His his entire job. It's he's efficient as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's according to the coaching staff, which I don't know why they would know any better than we would, but according to the coaching staff, he's doing a great job of getting Georgia into the right play, yep. making the right checks, doing all of the pre-snap reads, line of scrimmage stuff. He's commanding the huddle. I mean, you look at Georgia's pre-snap penalties, procedural penalties, a lot of that stuff, like delay of game. You Have you seen Georgia burn a bunch of timeouts as the play clock was about to expire? Like, you look around college football, you look at all the stuff that's like that you see on a, on a typical, you know, day-in and day-out basis. Carson Beck is doing all of the things right. He obviously has a big arm. He's made some big yeah. throws. He's getting he's hitting open receivers. He's been efficient with his distribution of the ball. All of these things. I have been a big proponent of defending Carson Beck. He is the best quarterback on this team. Feels, feels like a setup's coming, y'all. No, he is the best option for Georgia. And so uh, all of those things are still true. Everything that I just said is still true. I'm now going to give you, upon further review, the one thing that I will. I will concede to you when I look at Carson Beck, this is what I feel like I'm seeing that I wish I wasn't seeing. Okay. I now understand. I do. This is not a bait and switch. I'm still pro Carson Beck, but this is the thing that I'm going to say 
if you want to complain about something about Carson Beck, this is the thing that I'll hear you complain about. And that is this. It appears to me when I watch Carson Beck, like I am watching a quarterback who is trying not to lose the starting quarterback job. It appears to me, and I cannot believe, like if you had given me betting odds on whether or not I would be saying this phrase after three weeks of the season with Uh Carson Beck, gosh, I would never have taken those odds. But what I really wish would happen is I listen to this next statement. I wish Carson Beck would stop trying to not turn the ball over. And I wish he would just throw it like it is evident. Daniel, that is clearly Kirby smart had a very it was like Kirby's telling him that he could marry his daughter, but don't screw with her or I will kill you. He sat him down to dinner. He said, if you throw interceptions, I, I will end you. I will kill you. And and Carson Beck said, I know my marching orders. This is the only thing I can do. To succeed, don't throw interceptions. And we say that not out of speculation. Kirby has made it abundantly clear it's literally the only thing that he cares about with a quarterback. And so it's not like it's – Kirby has some responsibility in this relationship yes, clearly as well. And Mike Bobo as well as the, the offensive play caller, quarterback coach, blah, blah, blah. But at some point, Carson Beck needs to feel like he's the Georgia starting quarterback. And all offseason, it was if Carson Beck can just not turn the ball over, Georgia's going to be fine. If Carson Beck can just not turn the ball over, Georgia's going to be fine. Oh, gosh, what if he turns the ball over? He's got a propensity to try to make a hero throw. And like all we said all these things. I'm raising my hand on you because I am guilty. Guess who the spoiled people are that have completely forgotten all of the things that we were worried about. And now we've seen Carson Beck try not to turn the ball over. And we realized, you know what, Carson, it's it's kind of better when you just get back there and rip it. And are you going to make some throws that you probably shouldn't make? And are you going to throw it into a window that you think you can fit the ball through, but you probably can't fit the ball through? And are you going to are you probably going to turn the ball over or, or or miss a receiver or make a throw that you probably shouldn't have made? Yeah, you probably yep. are. Yep. But I think a lot of Georgia fans feel the same way I do where I would love to see it, though. I would love to see you love do to it. See, it. see, I was watching Colorado State, Colorado to end the night. Mm-hmm. And everybody up in their feels about Sanders being the best talented guy. He's talented. Like He's like, very talented. Don't give me... But the number one trait that makes him successful, I go, he throws the ball and you could look at the film afterwards and second guess and be like, oh, he should, there's no window there. His receiver's not open. The coverage is too tight. But you know what? He has the confidence to be like, screw it. I'm slinging it. And it's not screw it. He's somewhere down there. I'm going to toss it. The window is closed, but he trusts his receiver. Well, that's the Joe Milton throw. That's the Joe. Mil- well, <laughs> it's, it begins with a nine. Um, and he's down because he's on a knee. So the play doesn't even exist. Um, well, let's call timeout real quick and talk about <laughs> Joe Milton some more. Let's just call. I know the podcast is almost over. It's almost over. literally nothing good that can happen, but give me, give me a timeout. Um, I watch Sanders and the thing that's impressive about him, he can spin it. He can sling it. He is talented, but his number one trait is he just throws it in there and he says, go get it receiver. Like I trust you go get it. Carson Beck needs some of that. We need more of that from Carson Beck. I, He's not playing scared. He's not 
He's not checking down too many times. I think people are using that term check. Like he Carson Beck is checking down and he needs to throw the ball quote unquote, throw the ball downfield. That's right. I don't know. Just tell me that you've never played football or specifically quarterback without telling me that you've never played football or specifically quarterback before. When you think just throw the ball downfield is part of the like is just a, something you can choose to just do. Um, I don't just think there's a lot of checking down that's happening. I think a lot of times when he makes these short throws, that's the first read on the play. Like Again, those plays, watch those plays are being called. Yes. So that Georgia can pick up easy yards on the perimeter. They're not being called to get an explosive play. Quick little look ahead to tomorrow's podcast. If you look at the first two games, why motion flat little rollout was a staple before we hit South Carolina. You didn't see that why motion nearly as much before. Because again, there's not the playbook isn't increasing or to stop with that. It's emphasis, it's importance, it's where we think we can attack. Okay. So those plays that we're seeing him do, it was clear as day, Mike Bobo thought that the soft underbelly of South Carolina could be attacked. And yep. they were the first reads. And to his he was right because the screens, the soft underbelly were working in the second half. Yeah. Also, the offense in the first half was not as bad as you thought it was. Not as bad. Go back and watch the offense in the first. It just wasn't as bad as you thought it was. I want to see Carson get back there and rip it. That's what he does the just best. It, and, um, yeah, stop trying to not turn the ball over. Again, something I never thought I would say to this point in the season about Carson Beck. But he you go- So Daniel is saying he hopes for two interceptions against UAB. Two interceptions. Let's do it, Blazers. <laughs> Come in here and just take it from us. This has been Locked On Bulldogs, part of Locked On Podcast. Now we're your team every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking about them's dogs. We'll see you guys then.